And I was so glad I did because I got some very unexpected emails back when that blog post went out of women saying, oh my gosh, that was me last week. Oh my goodness. We've been dealing with that with our child. And so what I have found is that when you do it scared and when you take off your mask, honesty begets honesty, like you make it safe Mm -hmm. for someone else to say me too. Oh, friends, today's episode is so good. My guest, Jill Savage, has written like 14 books. She's a coach. She's a speaker. She's been around the Christian writing community for a long time. And she has quite a story, my friends, quite a story. But one of the really juicy parts I saved exclusively for my Patreon community. Are you part of that community yet? If so, head over there and you can listen to a bonus part, 15 minutes of my interview with Jill, where we talk all about her marriage crisis and how God walked her through that. And if you are not a part of my Patreon community, what are you waiting for? Go over to patreon.com slash compared to who and join today. Our first monthly Zoom meeting is coming up March 25th. I would love to see you there. Now, here's today's show. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Jill Savage, it is such a pleasure to have you on the Compared to Who show today. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. And I am just excited that you're brave enough to tackle this topic with me. And when I was on your show, and we were talking about potential topics. <laughs> you were like, well, I could talk about this and I could talk about this. And it was like, well, all of that together <laughs> kind of kind of goes with where I want to go today, yeah. which is tackling the fear. We're in a fear series, yeah. tackling the fear of what other people think. Yes, <laughs> I know it is. It is the struggle, isn't it? It really is. So would you just start us off by sharing a little of your story. Where where has Jill Savage been? And what potential areas has Jill Savage struggled <laughs> with, with thinking of what other people, or maybe I should say worrying about what other people think? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, when I think about worrying about what other people think, it takes me back to grade school okay. and junior high. Um, it really does because I just never felt like I measured up mm-hmm. in those places. I was always, um, like I was, I was not the most popular. I was, um, I, I noticed even physical differences, um, mm-hmm. in, uh, like even my, um, my 
when I would shave under my arms, it would, my hair was black and other girls would shave under their arms and there was like nothing there. And I was always so self-conscious, right? Um, same thing. My, my family has like big pores on their legs, you know? So when you shave, like we, like we almost have dots from the pores and it's like, I, and, and I didn't see that in other girls. So I was like super self-conscious as a young girl, I can remember going back and, and, you know, compared to who, well, compared to those cheerleaders (laughs) compared to, um, that girl that I think looks better than me. So, you know, I think that's really common for many of us. If we really like examine what our journey has been uh, for most of us, it goes back to, um, the early years. And, you know, we didn't even have social media back now. I know. I can't imagine. (laughs) I know. I mean, all we were doing was, you know, comparing ourselves to people we saw at school or people that we saw at church. And, um, you know, my, my friend, Karen Eamon says that, um, you know, uh, 50 years ago, you know, you were trying to keep up with the Joneses, which is a form of comparison, Mm -hmm. but you know, you only saw the Joneses at church on Sunday and (laughs) now you see them every time you'd log into Facebook. Right. And And when they go on vacation and what they had for dinner and all those things, right? (laughs) All of it. So it's just, it's like, it's this, uh, it's like this magnifying glass Mm -hmm. on comparison. Like we're set up, right. And, um, so anyway, I think, you know, for me, I can go all the way back there, but in my adult years, uh, I would say that it really, uh, I I think that it really began for me in, uh, just trying to measure up in marriage, trying to measure up as a mother, um, feeling like there were things that I was, um, either not sharp with, um, struggled with, and then you add in, um, external circumstances, um, particularly, and these are the things you and I were talking about, um, uh, earlier in the, that there was, um, my breast cancer journey. So eight years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I went through surgery. I went through chemo and I went through radiation. Um, so I had no hair Mm -hmm. for six months. Um, and I mean, talk about insecurities and feeling like you're comparing yourself to others. Uh, so that was a big piece. Uh, We have a son that has mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, we have visited him many times in a psych ward in a hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember the first time that that happened for us, um, he was 17. And I thought, I did think, what will people think? Mm-hmm. What right. will people think? And then um, we have a son that was married and then he um, was, um, went through a divorce and then he uh, announced that he was gay. Mm-hmm. And um again, whoa, wait a minute, what just happened? And again, I mean, deep down, we all, you know, in those moments that catch us off guard, or those moments that we struggle with, um, that fear creeps in, what will people think? Um, And, uh, and then my marriage went through a terrible crisis, um, 10 years ago, and it was just uh, nothing I ever thought I would go through. It led to a very dark year. Um, and 
uh, again, (laughs) what will people think? Uh, So it was, I I mean, I would say the last 10 years, uh, I've really had to work hard to battle that. However, that's also when I wrote my book, No More Perfect Moms, Mm -hmm. that was the first book in a No More Perfect series. Mm -hmm. So No More Perfect Moms was first, No More Perfect Kids was second, and No More Perfect Marriages was third. And honestly, I write my books out of my own struggles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, no more perfect moms was because I was tired of what I called uh, the perfection infection. Mm-hmm. I was just tired of it. And I was like, something has to change. And so as I went on that journey personally and began to find a freedom from what will people think? Um, not that it doesn't drop in your, you know, in my mind, mm-hmm. but began to find a freedom. Um, what a difference it has made um, to be freed, freed up from that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm excited that we're going to dig into your marriage story in the bonus content that's going to be available for my Patreon sponsors. So if you're more interested in hearing more of that, go over to Patreon and you'll get to hear us dig into your marriage story. Cause I know that could be an episode in of itself, (laughs) but you know, as, as you're talking, Jill, I'm thinking about, you know, the problem with fearing what other people thinks, well, there's lots of problems with that. Right. But but you've got this pressure of the situation, right? Yes. The pressure of you're dealing, you're battling cancer or you're yes. struggling with how do I help my child in this crisis in their life? And you've yes. got the battle, the pressure of that. And then this extra pressure of, and, and what are people going to think about it? Right. Yes. It's, like, it's like doubling, <laughs> doubling the burden, isn't it? It is. You're exactly right. And so we're putting this extra pressure on ourselves in the midst of a time where our stress level is right. sky high. Right. And, uh, and so then it, it I mean, it, it honestly becomes not just emotionally unhealthy for us. It becomes physically unhealthy for us right. uh, because right. it really begins to uh, weigh down on us. Right. Well, because then your life has to become about image management, right? Yes. Because then it's like, okay, well, what are, I mean, I worked in politics <laughs> for a number of years, right? And so I'm like, my brain just naturally has always gone there. Like, well, how do we spin this situation? What's it going to look like? You know, how do we yeah. make it look different than it actually is? I mean, that, that was my work, my training. Yep. And I think a lot of women, we just naturally have that, like that we do. gift, <laughs> right? It was a counselor one time that was like, do you know why you were so good in politics? <laughs> it's because you have learned in management. I was like, Ooh, ouch. I don't like to hear that, but, but that's what it has to be. Right. And then we're no longer authentic Mm -hmm. in our relationships. Right. right? I mean, how, how have you seen that play out? Like, did you feel that pressure to, to manage what people thought? I did. And I, I definitely did. Um, at the same time, at the same time, I was an author, I was a speaker, I was a blogger and I was also like, I'm not wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. I refuse to wear a mask. And so um, that was, I mean, it was so, it was this battle going on inside of me. Like, I want to wear a mask, but 
no, I refuse mm-hmm. to wear a mask. And so th- th- there was that battle was going on inside of me. But here's what I've learned. Masks always make what God intended for good. It makes it um, it it makes it oh, like places where um, things could be deep. It makes them shallow. Masks yeah. makes it shallow. And so I was like, um, every one of those things that I just shared with you, my marriage crisis, my son's struggle, all of those are things that I, I now talk about, um, publicly, but a few of them I talked about publicly in the moment. Like I can remember writing a blog post and I think it was titled like, no, something no mother ever wants to do or something like that. And I just said, you know, we just left the hospital, um, with our son behind locked doors Mm -hmm. because he tried to take his life last Mm -hmm. night. And this is not what I ever thought a mother would walk through. And so what I will tell you is I posted that scared. Mm -hmm. That's what I've learned. Mm -hmm. I've learned that authenticity is not the absence of fear. You have to do authenticity is doing something scared. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so that's why I decided, um, you know what, I'm, I'm going to put this, I had no answers on that blog post either. Mm-hmm. All I had was compassion mm-hmm. for other moms who have had to walk through that. Absolutely. And I was so glad I did because I got some very unexpected emails back when that blog post went out of women saying, Oh my gosh, that was me last week. Oh my goodness. We've been dealing with that with our child. And so what I have found is that when you do it scared and when you take off your mask, honesty begets honesty, like you make it safe Mm -hmm. for someone else to say me too. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Hey there, brand new on ComparedToWho.me is the five-day body image email challenge. Yes, that's right. Every day for five days in a row, you'll get an email with encouragement and a little bit of challenge too to help you start walking your way to body image freedom. Go to comparedwho.me and click the red take the challenge button and start your journey today. There's a line in compared to who where I confess to hiding candy wrappers at the bottom of the trash. Like I couldn't throw away quote unquote bad food on the top of the trash can. Now I know that's like a full-blown eating disorder behavior, but I didn't know that at the time. Uh-huh. And I didn't like, even when it, like the edits came back, I was like, I should probably take that line out like that. People are going to think yes. I'm just like compulsive, crazy girl over here. And I left it in. And that first year after the book came out, like the only comments I got <laughs> were, about were that on that story because line. people, they right. resonated with it. Right. They went, oh my gosh, that's me too. And so sharing our stuff really does set us free as well as the people who hear our stories. So I, I'm with you 100% on that. So let's go back to perfection because that's been a theme in your ministry. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm thinking through how 
I think the reason why most of us want to be perfect is because we think that being perfect will control the outcomes, right? Like if I can be perfect, then my children (laughs) will have, you know, X, Y, Z and my life will have X, Y, Z. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work, does it? So (laughs) it doesn't. And and let me tell you, sometimes, sometimes you have to be farther down the line in like parenting to really Mm -hmm. realize it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, what I often say is you can be as perfect of a parent as you can try to be. And we, you will still give your kids some reason to sit across from Dr. Phil someday. Because on this side of heaven, perfection doesn't exist. Right. Um, You and I are imperfect people. And so let's just, let's just understand that. And not only that, even if you could be the perfect parent Mm. and do things perfectly, which you can't, Mm. um, but even if you could, your children have their own free will. Right. And so they will get to an age and a stage where they get to make their own decisions and they might follow the way that you raised them and they might not. And this is where, this is really where the perfection infection uh, begins to uh, get ugly if we're not careful, because we are trying to manage our child's behaviors Mm -hmm. and decisions and choices so that we feel good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is dangerous. Yeah. Because then we become a controlling mother. Right. Or we try to control our husband's eating or our husband's uh, habits or our husband's whatever so that we feel good about right. ourselves. And that is so dangerous. Um, and so our, our, we should never put that kind of pressure on another person. Right. And, um, and, and again, then it comes back to ourselves um, uh, that we, you know, try to be perfect so that we feel good about ourselves. But I say that the perfection infection is when we, like the definition of it is when we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves. And we unfairly compare ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. That's, good. Okay, that's the perfection yeah. infection. And when, when were, were we infected with it? Well, usually it can go back to childhood somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an, I am a firstborn high Me achiever. Me too. <laughs> yep. And so part of it, birth order, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Right. A lot of us that are firstborns are high achievers. And so just even the birth order thing can, uh, can infect you with a production infection. Okay. Um, I was raised in a loving home, a loving family. I mean, I just couldn't have asked for anything better, but, um, academics was highly valued in our home. Accomplishment was Mm -hmm. celebrated in our home. And so, uh, that, also led to the perfection infection. Um, And, you know, sometimes I didn't experience this, but for some of us, you know, we work really, really hard. Let's say you're in fourth grade and you've worked really hard to get a really good report card and you bring it home and you show it to mom or dad and it's got five A's and one B Mm -hmm. and your, your parent looks at it and says, 
wow, check that out. Look, great job. Look at all those A's. Oh, but wait a minute. What happened here? Mm-hmm. Why is this a B? And in that moment, mm-hmm. you were infected with the perfection infection. Yeah. Yeah. And that parent, I mean, you don't, we don't want to blame our parents by it's, it's not about blaming. It's about understanding right. that in that moment, you were sent an unintentional message right. that good wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Perfect was what had right. to happen. And right. so, um, you know, what we want, we want to understand that. And, you know, our parents were just trying to uh, motive. They knew we were capable of that. A, right. so they were trying to motivate us. Right. But sometimes those send unintentional mm. messages that we internalize and don't even realize. Oh. And then that just carries out yeah. in other areas of our life. Yeah. I mean, Jill, what I'm hearing in that too, the report card, as it relates to girls, women body image maybe looks more like, oh, that dress looks cute on you, but let's fix your hair. So guilty, so guilty right there. (laughs) I mean, but, but you know, that's, and, and as a mom, especially, you know, it's like, well, you, you need to help your daughter, right? Like you don't want her to go out in the world, you know, with the back of her hair, not brushed, (laughs) you know, those sorts of things. But yet are we doing that report card thing every time? And I don't, I don't know the answer. You're further along in this parenting journey than I am. I know. I don't, I don't know how you, how you figure it all out. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's a magic formula of like four positive affirmations before you say, let's go brush your hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish there was, <laughs> but I don't know that there is. I know. And I do think that, um, uh, questions can be mm. more powerful than comments. Okay. Fill that out. What did that, what does that look like? Um, like, um, how would you like to fix your hair today? Mm. That can be a invitation for them to think about it. Um, and they can say, I'm, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know, that, I mean, that's okay. They can mm-hmm. have the freedom to do that. Um, um, and, and then at that point, you know, uh, I mean, sometimes we can say something simple, like, well, just don't forget to run a brush through it or something simple, but it's not saying this needs to be Mm -hmm. improved upon. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a difference. It's like, it's the, it's the improved upon piece Mm -hmm. rather than, um, the, uh, you know, because as a mom, we do help remind our kids right. of things they're not yet in the habit of. Right, right. right? Brush your teeth. Like you don't want to not remind your child. To do that. Right. <laughs> and, and the other thing that, you know, might even be, um, you know, uh, along the same question line is maybe you just do, uh, you know, everybody does the whole checklist thing mm-hmm. as our kids are learning to take care of themselves. Okay. Did, did you walk through your checklist mm-hmm. or let's walk through your mm-hmm. checklist? Did you brush your teeth? Did you brush your hair? Yeah. You know, and then, and then, it's just, a, it's helping them be that reminder rather than, um, cute dress, but let's fix the hair. <laughs> but this is what you did wrong. Although I'm thinking, right. I'm thinking, well, you know, as a pastor's wife, I know you can relate <laughs> to me in this, but you know, kids would come down for Sunday morning and not oh. match. And it's like, nope, that's not going to work. Well, mom, I don't really and care then what I'm wearing. What will people think, <laughs> think of, of me? me? Right, right. Well, no. And, you know, and, and I think I would try to push in on them. Like, well, you're the pastor's son. So you should wear matching clothes. And it's like, no, it's really about mom. And what are people going to think is. of the pastor's wife? If the kids don't match because they're sitting in the front row or whatever the case may be. But well, 
Yeah, go ahead. No, I tell a story and, um, and you know, it was, it's a story of, you know, uh, our daughter coming down and, and being like, I dress myself, like mm-hmm. I dress myself. And she Probably was like, so four. proud. Yeah. <laughs> so proud, you know? And I mean, it, nothing matches uh-huh. and her hair is like what one pigtail up and one pigtail, <laughs> like I do my hair, you know, <laughs> and we're getting ready to go to target. And I'm just like, well, I can't take you to target looking like mm-hmm. that. And so, yes, in my perfection, infection, mothering, I certainly did that. And so, um, but now let me tell you, cause I'm just so free of that now. Um, and, uh, now that's my grandchildren and uh-huh. they'll stay with me and they'll come, come down and do something very similar. And what I always say is, you know what? All right, let's go. And a, I snap a picture. Because someday that's going to come in handy for the wedding reception. Okay. Um, number two, um, I am going to help some mom at Target that needed to see that you can be secure in who you are, no matter what your child or your grandchild, uh, how they're dressed, you know? Yeah. And so, um, That's, I mean, that's, that's what we want for all of us is to find that freedom. And, um, and let me tell you, there's two ways I I, I really found, um, one is compassion and one is courage. Mm, Um, we call these God tools to stop the perfection infection Mm. and compassion is to have compassion for yourself Mm. in, um, in sometimes it's in failure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and sometimes it's just in imperfection. Um, and not all imperfection is, is failure. Right. Okay. That's really important to understand. I mean, sometimes right. our imperfection is failure. Mm-hmm. I fail to pick up my, you know, I could, I tell a story right off the bat in No More Perfect Moms of getting a phone call from one of my daughters and she's crying on the other end of the line. And she's like, where are you? <laughs> And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot <laughs> to pick her up. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's the first story out of the gate in No More Perfect Moms. Like what mother le- forgets about their child, okay? Um, and so we would call that failure because I failed in, uh, in that. Um, <clears throat> and so um, whether it's failure or whether it's just Um, you know, there's not enough of you to go around. There's not enough time to get all the things done, whatever it is. Um, And and that would be just an imperfection. Uh, But to have self-compassion, to just allow yourself to be imperfect. It's okay. I'm not defined. I'm not defined by what I do or what I don't do. I am only defined by the God who created me. He loves me. And so having that compassion and reminding myself of truth um, is one. Courage is the other one. And it's just the courage to walk out imperfection and to be honest about it in our life. And, you know, you don't have to post it on a blog or stand on a stage like I do and share all my junk in the trunk. But, um, but you can be more honest sitting across the table with a friend having coffee. Right you know, just talking about the real stuff, the places that uh, you've struggled or the places where your family 
is uh, walking through hard things. And the more we do that, the more comfortable we become with those things that are imperfect in our life. Um, As long as we keep them hidden, Mm -hmm. then, uh, then it, it grows inside of, of us and that comparison piece grows. But when we start talking about it, it takes that away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the reality is, I think part of the reason why we chase perfection is because we want to justify ourselves and not that we're conscious of that. Right. But that we, we think like I can be good enough that how could anyone reject me? <laughs> right. Like we, we think that that's an attainable place to go. And, and I think in light of the gospel, right. Unless we realize that we are just desperately in need of God's grace, <laughs> you know, it, it, it prevents us from, I think, really walking in, like you said, in that freedom to be courageous because we almost don't need grace. Like I'm doing good. Like, look how good I'm doing. <laughs> I'm proving everyone right. how good I'm doing. And, and it kind of puts up those walls, not only with other people, but I think also in our relationship with God, but I do have a friend, Jill, and she left her middle son. She had, I think she has six or seven kids. So she left her middle son at Walmart for she figures six hours. And by the time she found him, he was working the parking lot, like the carts. to work, you know, talking about birth order, right? Like the middle kid, you know, just totally chill. Like, okay, mom will be back when she gets back. And it will be the family story for a long time. And you can, I mean, we laugh about that. And of course our, she was our middle daughter Uh and she milked it to, she milks it this day. Um, and, but we just, we, you know, uh, I, I was, I mean, she ran into my imperfection, but here's, here's what I want you to know. God uses those, um, what I say, he uses, um, our, um, messes for his messages. I love that. <clears throat> and in that moment, um, when I got to school, I mean, I drove across town. I was like beating myself up the whole way. Like how in the world does a mother forget her children? I obviously have too many and it's too <laughs> late to send any of them back. Right. And so I pull into the parking lot and she's sitting on the curb and the big tears are coming down mm-hmm. her face. And I get out of the car and I come around and I just give her a big old bear hug and I hold her. And I say, Erica, I am so sorry. I am so very sorry. I'm sure that that scared you. I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, yeah. God used my mess for his message for my girl, mm-hmm. because he's, she saw what you do when right. you mess up, right? You, you, you own it, mm-hmm. you apologize for it and you right. ask for forgiveness. And then when forgiveness is granted, it brings closure to that hurt. And, and so even though it was a mistake that I made, it was a moment of imperfection in my life. My daughter actually benefited from it because God redeems those broken places. Absolutely. And I mean, what a great message that is for everyone, right? I mean, every parenting situation, I mean, how many times do you feel like you've blown it? You've got a 
a route to take after that, right? You can either just sit in the, I've blown it. I'm a horrible mom. Oh, you know, the spiral, the downward spiral right. of that, or you can go apologize and show your kids that there's no perfect mother. <laughs> there's no perfect parents. Right. No, and, and when you do that, you are actually helping them not struggle with right. the perfection infection right. in their life. Right. Because okay. they're not seeing you as being perfect. They're seeing you as uh, embracing the fact that you're not perfect, but here's what you do with that. Right. right. It's humility, right? It and is. You're showing them humility. I love that. Okay. Real quickly, Jill, before we wrap up, mm -hmm. talk to me about boundaries. Is that something you talk about at all? Because it feels um, like that's, that's kind of part of all of this. Is, so are you talking about boundaries in and, other relationships or are you oh, talking about? Yeah. Boundaries in terms of kind of like separating who you are from who your kids are. Oh yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, for sure. Um, I think that that is an important, that's a healthy boundary that we have to set because if we don't, we get entangled mm -hmm. in their stuff. Um, we get entangled in, uh, their struggles and, and yes, I mean, what mother doesn't, you know, <laughs> Um, but when you get to my stage of life, okay, I no longer have any kids at home. My kids are all grown. They're out on their own. Um, you can't afford to get entangled. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I have a book, Empty Nest, Full Life. Um, and we talk about what that looks like to let go of your mm -hmm. child's problems and to let go of your opinions mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, and, and one boundary that I talk about for empty nest moms is pray, don't say, mm -hmm. That's good. like, you know, this is, you got to keep giving it to the Lord. Um, what you want to do is you want to give it to your kid. Like I didn't raise you that way mm -hmm. or, and again, you know, what's playing out here? Heather, it's, you're embarrassing me, right? You're making me not feel good about myself. Right. That starts to play out even when our kids are grown and gone. So yes, we have to set boundaries. Um, I, I think another place that boundaries are an important part is also self-care. Mm -hmm. um, I think those are healthy boundaries mm -hmm. um, to be able to say, yeah, I will take you to Target after I take an hour for myself mm -hmm. so that I'm the best. <laughs> I can bring my best self to yeah, you. Yeah. And, um, that's not a weakness mm -hmm. uh, to do that. Uh, that is an important part mm -hmm. of taking care of your needs and, and, uh, and taking care of yourself. Cause when you take care of yourself, you take care of your family. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I just, you know, as, as you were speaking, I was just thinking about the reality is, and this is something I coach women on, and I'm sure it's something similar that you coach women on too. You almost have to break up with the story you wanted to tell about your life, right? Mm, like, yeah, like this great. is, this is not the story I want to tell. I want to tell the story of the mom who wore this size and did this with her children and her children all turned out to be, you know, yep. Amazing Christians who went to Harvard and became brain surgeons, <laughs> you know, like whatever, whatever things you value, right? I live in Texas, yep. so I'd probably be like amazing football players. Um, but, mm -hmm. but what you almost have to break up with whatever story it is you're hoping to tell 
and, and then walk in, like you said, walk in that compassion, walk in that courage and say, no, I'm going to let God write my story. Right. Yes. Yes. And, you know, you made me think about a phrase that I, I say in no more perfect kids, and that is we have to grieve what isn't Mm -hmm. and accept what is. Yeah. And you can't just move to acceptance without grieving. Mm -hmm. It's okay to grieve the places where your story didn't play out what you thought was going to happen in your head or what you wish you could say your story was. Yeah. Um, But uh, so we need to grieve it. It's okay. We got to let it go. We got to, we got to cry over it. Mm -hmm. We got to be sad over it. We got to talk to God about it. And then we move forward and accept what is, and that's a beautiful gift to give to ourselves and a beautiful give gift to give to those around us. I love that. And, and we're going to talk more. I know about the grieving, especially in light of your marriage, right? That's a, that's an area where a lot of us have grieving to do. And I'm looking forward to that conversation you and I are going to have as a bonus episode, a little mini episode in the Patreon community. But Jill, as we wrap up today, you have like 800 things for anyone listening, but they can go to jillsavage.org. But what's, what's the number one or two, what are the top two things you think they should know about today? Yeah. Well, I would say we have a ton of marriage resources. So definitely head over to jillsavage.org, click on marriage, and you'll just see a whole slew of possibilities and you can explore those. Um, I also have a, um, it's a 31 day email challenge. It's for, um, it's the no more perfect moms, Okay. Uh, 31 day e- email challenge. And I have a 13 day email challenge for no more perfect kids. So this whole perfect, if you relate to the perfection infection, that that might be encouraging for you. And you can find those at nomoreperfect.com. Nomoreperfect.com. All of that will be in the show notes. Jill Savage, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. And thank you for watching or listening. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Oh, hey there, before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor, leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Or you can grab a time for a free 10 minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. 
In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.